This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Absolutely delighted to be joined by a true football legend today on Football CFB. This man has played for Chelsea, Sheffield Wednesday, Wolves, Manchester United. He won the FA Cup at Southampton and even played in one of the most famous results for the Scotland national team when we defeated England 3-2 at Wembley in 1967 when they were the world champions. That man is Jim McCallyog. Jim, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Callum. It's wonderful to be on your show. The, the first thing I want to talk to you about, because it's very topical at the moment, is, is Scotland. You, you won five caps for Scotland, and the national team are now hoping that they can get to a major tournament for the first time in 22 years. You played in arguably, if the most famous, and if not one of them, Scotland results in that 3-2 win over England at Wembley. How did you approach that game as a team? Was there any nerves considering that they were the world champions? Obviously, it was a, a tough fixture, but um, we had such a good lot of players, Callum. We had world-class players in our team. And the thing that really impressed me was the, the first day of training and I seen the boys knocking the ball about and the confidence they had. And, and I just took the energy from that and I thought, God, I'm, I'm with a lot of good players here. And I just said to myself, um, I'm going out, I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to leave it all out on the pitch. And, and if the result goes our way, then, then that's a bonus. And in terms of going on to the pitch, Dennis Law gets a goal, Bobby Lennox gets a goal and you score yourself. And also scoring for England in that game, um, the late Jack Charlton and of course, um, Sir Jeff Hurst, I mean, when you, you think about the game itself, you're playing in front of 100,000 people. What's it like when you walk out onto the field with that amount of fans there? And crucially, what's it like when it's a Scotland-England game, which is one of the true derbies in world football? Well, it was such an amazing feeling, but I, I was fortunate, Callum. I'd done it the year before with Sheffield Wednesday in the, in the FA Cup final against uh, Everton. But sadly, we, we lost 3-2 in the final after being 2-0 up, but I, I was kind of pre-warned for it. But nothing pre-warns you for, for playing with your country. That is the biggest honour uh, that you can get in, in any kind of uh, football. And uh, obviously walking into the tunnel, first of all, and I, I knew quite a lot of the English players because all my career had been in England so far. And... Um, it was good to say hello to, to some people and nod to some others and then to walk up the, the tunnel and you, you know you've got guys like Dennis Law, uh, Billy Bremner, Jim Baxter, Tommy Gemmell, Bobby Lennox. The names just come off my tongue. John Gregg, uh, Ronnie McKinnon. It was a wonderful feeling. And then to, to actually then get to the top of the tunnel and, and all the Scotland supporters were right behind us. 
uh, literally, because that's what uh, the part of the ground that they were at. And uh, it was just amazing, all the color, the noise, it was, it was fantastic. And it was just a, a case of focusing on the game and uh, really enjoying the moment. I mean, you, you mentioned the Scotland team there, Simpson, Gemmell, McCready, Greg, McKinnon, Baxter, Wallace, Brenner, yourself, McAllyog, Law and Lennoxon. You look at the England team as well, with the likes of Gordon Banks, Nobby Styles, Jack Charlton, Bobby Charlton, Alan Ball, Hurst, Peters, the list goes on, Greaves, of course. Just a, a, an incredible time for football. And in terms of those big names, especially in a similar position to yourself, the likes of Bobby Charlton, the likes of Alan Ball, Nobby Styles, what was it like going toe-to-toe with them? It was great. Um, I was very positive about it, Callum, because the thoughts in my head was I was only 20. I'd just turned 20. And uh, this, for me, was a, a big learning curve. And it was going to be a great experience for myself. And, and I'm sure it was going to stand me in, in good stead for, for later on in my career. Because as we all know, football can be up and down. You can be the greatest player in the world on a Saturday. And then on a Tuesday, you can have a bad game and you're the biggest dumpling that ever went on a football field. So that that is the the where, where football is at and it always has been at. And you're only as good as your last game. So, yeah, absolutely delighted to play in among that company. Um, the, the one thing I made sure I wasn't overconfident, but I was never a nervous kind of player anyway. And... Uh, I wanted to instill it in my head that uh, I, I was in here, in this company on merit because I had been playing very well and, and I was really up for it, Callum. So I, I couldn't wait to find out, you know, just how good this England team was because obviously I, I'd seen them win the World Cup. And to be honest, I, I might have been one of the few Scotsmen that, that was delighted that England had won the World Cup because my point of view is I was going to spend my career, hopefully, in England. So it could only be good for, for, for myself and, and for the English game when England won the World Cup. But of course, there was guys in our team, um, obviously, didn't want uh, England to win the, the, the World Cup. Um, but, I mean, that, you know, that's football. And uh, I, I was quite happy. But what an occasion. It was marvellous. And, and I really felt at ease, Callum. And in terms of your club career, you mentioned Sheffield Wednesday. Now, before you joined Sheffield Wednesday, you were at Leeds for, a, Leeds for a short period of time before then going to Chelsea. What was it like when you were trying to make your way in football, first of all, at Leeds for that brief period and then Chelsea for the two years that, that you were there? Because there was clearly a lot of potential, as, as, as is shown by the fact that Sheffield Wednesday paid a then record fee for you as a teenager. Yeah, um, I went to Leeds. I, I was very fortunate in so, so far as I had quite a, a pick of clubs. There, there was quite a lot of clubs came to our door in the Gobbles in Glasgow. And, uh, I, you know, I, obviously that, that helps you as well, fills you full of confidence. But when I had my conversations and I had spent some time with Don Revy, I, I knew Don Revy. I felt it was destined to go to the top. And Don Revy was the manager that I signed for. It was because of his personality, his passion for the game. And of course, when I went down um, 
a couple of months before I actually decided to go to Leeds, when I seen his staff, um, they were just like him, so keen and, and enthusiastic about football. And the, the players that were there, the young players um, that were about to come through, that the people had never heard of. But at that particular time, Leeds were, were, were actually down at the bottom of the second division. And, and only for Don Revy, they would have gone in the third division. So I was putting a lot of faith in Don Revy but I was also very happy to go to Leeds. And of course, the thing was financially, they helped my parents um, very much so. And that was a great bonus for me. And in terms of Leeds, you mentioned the fact it was a great bonus for you, a great bonus for, you, for your parents at that time. From there, it's, it's on to Chelsea. Um, what was it like when you were when you were playing at Chelsea, because you make your senior debut at the age of 18, which which I imagine was a, an incredible feeling. Yes, um, I had nearly made my debut against Sheffield Wednesday when I was 17, and also, believe it or not, at Old Trafford against Manchester United. And Terry Venables, who was, was captain of the club, um, Terry had taken ill on the Friday, and I was rushed to Sheffield on the Saturday morning, and I was also rushed to, to Manchester United because Terry had gone down again. But sadly for me, um, Terry was okay. And uh, I did, my debut was, was held back and, until I made my debut when I was 18 against, um, my league debut was against uh, Birmingham City at St Andrews. And in terms of making your debut against Birmingham, an incredible feeling over the two year spell at Chelsea, it was it was hard to get into the, the 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 side for league games consistently, but as I'd mentioned, undoubted talent because Sheffield Wednesday pay as I say a then record fee for a teenager. When when you get signed for such a fee, how do you feel? How do you handle that? Was there any pressure in your part? The the thing was, I had asked Chelsea for a transfer three times. Obviously, Tommy Doherty, who was manager at Chelsea, didn't want to let me go, and neither did the club. And he wasn't prepared to put it to the board of directors because he categorically said he was keeping me at Chelsea. Um, but the thing was, like you've just said, that was the crux of the matter, was that I wasn't getting enough what I thought game time. I was improving. I was coming on um, and I was ready for it. But of course, in, in my way was Terry Venables, who was captain of the club and was also going to play for England. So it was one of them things, you have to make decisions. Um, and I'd been making decisions from when I was 15 about my football career. So I had decided I wanted to leave. It was terrible uh, to do it, but I knew from my football career, it was going to be a lot better for me. But the, the, the thing was to leave Chelsea if you can picture Chelsea, I was at uh, Chelsea. London was vibrant. It was so such a great place to be in. Um, and, and, you know, there was all these stars were coming to Stamford Bridge to watch us playing uh, football. It was so amazing time. There was music everywhere. And London was just amazing. But you know, things you do, you do for your career. And, and I made the decision. I, I wanted to leave. Um, 
I, I knew I could get first team games other places, but where I was going, I didn't know, Callum, because like you said, they clapped a, a big transfer fee on me. It was actually £37,500, which was in 1962. Sorry, 1964. Um, and, um, you know, it was one of them things... It's none of my business what Chelsea um, asked for me and what Sheffield Wednesday paid for me. And that was my attitude to it. All it did to me, Callum, was made me feel better and more confident about myself because if Chelsea could get that fee and Sheffield Wednesday with such a manager as, as Alan Brown, who was well-respected in football, was willing to pay that amount of money... Um, then why would I worry about it? It's nothing to do with me. It's just a figure. So that was my attitude towards it. And I just wanted to go on with my football career. I was really motivated. Nobody, managers, coaches, nobody needed to motivate me. I wanted to play for Scotland and that's where I wanted to go. And at times at Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, four seasons there, 174 appearances. You mentioned getting to the FA Cup final. You scored a goal in the semi-final where you beat Chelsea, funnily enough, at Villa Park. How did it feel that day when you when you scored against your former club in such a massive game? Was it a really good feeling in the sense that you wanted to leave there to establish yourself as a footballer? And in your first season, you get the perfect opportunity to do that? At the end of the day... And being totally honest, yes, absolutely delighted. Proved a point. But the thing was, I had been there the year before with Chelsea in the same the same semi-final, and it was at the same ground at Aston Villa. And I was one of the, the, the squad then, and we had lost 2-0 to Liverpool. And it, it was the worst dressing room feeling I'd ever had in football. And I just... You know, when when we played um, Chelsea in the semi-final and that was at Villa Park, I didn't want to come off on the losing side because it was horrendous. But I was so sorry for my teammates after the game when we had beaten them. I actually went in the dressing room, but everybody was in such a, well, a bit of a trauma, really. I thought, Jim, just, just get out of here. You, you're not helping it, really. So I just went back out the dressing room and went back into Sheffield Wednesday. But of course, I was delighted for Sheffield Wednesday, for my manager, for, for the players who had done so well. But most of all, for the fans. The fans at Sheffield Wednesday, to me, were absolutely brilliant. I was a young player um, when I went to Sheffield Wednesday and they had so much patience with me and encouraged me so much. Um, I've got a lot to thank them for. In terms of the final against Everton, I know it's it's not a particularly fond memory for yourself. It's an incredible achievement getting to the final, but when you look at that final, it goes down in history for Everton being the side that has one of the greatest comebacks in, in FA Cup final history. 2-0 up and then Everton win the game 3-2. Just describe that roller coaster of emotions because you mentioned earlier, 100,000 people were there. You go 2 0 up, it seems like the perfect day, and then the fortunes quickly change. Yes, that, that's the most disappointing day of my football career, I, I must admit. Um, be, because, we, like I said, the Wednesday fans were so good. We, we'd got to the final, 
deservedly. We 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 were a very young side, but we had some great experienced pros at the club, like the captain uh, Don Megson and Jerry Young, who just died the other week. Other week, God rest his soul. Um, you know, there was Ron Springer, the, the, there was Johnny Fantham, and, and we were definitely a team that, that was on the up. But um, to lose in that game, you know, after being 2-0 up, it was so, you know, it was just so disappointing. But the, the, the other thing was Everton at that particular time were the, the Bank of England club. Callum, they had all the money because their chairman owned Vernon's and Littlewood's pools, and they could buy. They were a bit like Manchester City. They could buy any players they wanted, or and 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 that was it. And for us to put up such a show against Everton and um, to to nearly win it, I mean, for an hour, the the game was ours. We were absolutely um, on top of Everton. And then, you know, unfortunately, uh, Mike Trabilco hit two goals and then uh, Derek Temple went through and, and scored uh, the winner for them. But like you say, it was probably one of the best cup finals. So it's a pleasure to have played in that. It was also a pleasure to play against three Scottish internationals who I'd watched at Hamden, uh, Alec Parker, Jimmy Gabriel and, and Alec Scott, who I watched quite a lot at Rangers. Callum, because being a, a, a Glasgow boy, I used to divide my time between Celtic Rangers, the Lanark Clyde. So it was a great, great day, but uh, a sad day and a sad day for the Wednesday fans and, and, and for the club. And sadly, they've, they've not gone back and won the cup since. So hopefully that might be in the future for them. And in terms of the final itself, I mean, you scored a goal in that final. Just what's it like scoring in front of 100,000 people? Because it's something that many young footballers, myself, even even as a fan now, could only dream of doing. What's that feeling like when you hear the roar of the crowd? Well, that was that was an amazing feeling. And it was early in the game. It was four minutes into the game. And the, the wonderful thing about it was we, we pushed them back straight away. But for such a young, inexperienced team to, to play, you know, that, that, that kind of team and, and to put them on the back foot straight away. And when I seen the, the, the ball coming across and it was in the air, all I was concerned about was as I was hitting the ball, was keeping it down because I was stretching a little bit. And that was my concern because if I'd have lifted my head up, the ball would have gone flying over the top of the bar. But I had a bit of fortune in so far as when I've hit it, Gordon West has got a fingertip to it and Ray Wilson's on the line trying to clear it. And with Gordon West touching it a little bit with his fingertip, it's gone over Ray Wilson and he's ended up, it's hit him and gone in the back of the net. But right at that end where I scored, that's where the Wednesday fans was. And I knew my dad was in there as well. So, excuse me. That was a lovely moment to go and, and share it with the Wednesday fans and my father. So that was great, yeah. Um, but, you know, to score a goal at 19 in the cup final, I used to watch it every year 
would be, you know, I'd say to my mum, cup finals on mum, and say, oh, well, we'll forget about you today, Jim, because you're going to be sat in front of the television. So that, that was the way it was back then. And uh, I remember watching Man United beat Leicester in the, the, the cup final. Um, and Dennis Law scored the first goal. And I felt a wee bit like Dennis for, for a couple of minutes. That's amazing. And, and in terms of Sheffield Wednesday as a whole, how do you reflect on, on your four seasons with the club? I reflect, reflect on it very, um, um, very happily because um, I, I think I established my reputation in football uh, at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think uh, possibly I should have played a bit for, further forward because my skills were really scoring goals and laying on goals. And I played too deep, I thought, at times at Wednesday. And I had a wee problem with that with the manager, Alan Brown, because I thought I was more beneficial in a number 10 role. And I was quite good in the air as well. So, um, yeah, you know, the, enjoyed my time. I enjoyed my games. Um, had had a lot of... Um, good moments um but obviously uh things changed at wednesday and uh and and i moved on but um the, the one thing that was that, that would have moved me from wednesday was after i'd played for for scotland at wembley against england uh, i had a like i said we had a problem me and the manager and i asked for a transfer and I was all set to go to Manchester United when I was 20. Um, and it, there was no doubt about it. Wednesday had said they would let me go. But in the end, they didn't let me go. And um, my move to Manchester United fell down, which I was very disappointed in because that was in, that was in 1967. So if I'd have gone to Man United then, I, I would have had a chance uh, perhaps being in the... Uh, somewhere around about the European uh, Cup team that, that won the European Cup uh, for Man uh, Manchester United and and, and for Samar. That's that's incredible and and it's amazing how as you've said and in, in football sometimes you get a promise from a club or a chairman and, and they don't see it through and and it's a shame that that happens. Now the the, the way football works is, is 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 interesting and. You do get a chance at, at European glory with Wolverhampton Wanderers. You join them. You're never present in their squad. You're the captain in their run to the UEFA Cup final. Just what was that run like, and what was it like playing in those big European matches? Yeah, it's it's quite quite amazing how things move along, Callum. At the moment, believe it or not, I'm I'm writing my book at the moment, and I've been going back over my career and. Uh, I looked at a couple of facts with Sheffield Wednesday and, and Wolves. And for Sheffield Wednesday, I played 88 games consecutively. So, and also at Wolves, I, I played 77 games um, consecutively. So, you know, I was in the, the busiest part of the team and things like that. So I, I was really quite happy playing um, for, for both of the teams. But, you know, it, it kind of surprised me, them two starts, you know, because usually you're playing as a forward, you've always got a chance of getting injured. 
So I must have been pretty fit, Callum, and um, I must have really enjoyed the game. But the thing was, I was a young player, but I think now and I look at some of the people nowadays and they say, well, too many games, too young, can't be good for you. But that was the way it was back then. I had, you know, this, um, I, I played like these games, but thoroughly enjoyed it. Both clubs were, were amazing. Wolves, um, such a great name in world football. Um, great players that had been there. They, they were probably the forerunners of European football were the Wolves back in the day in the 50s. Um, so it was a marvellous club to go to. And I, I was thrilled um, to, to go to, to Wolves and sign uh, for Bill McGarry, who, who, you know, when we got to the Wolves, he was a very strict manager, very disciplinarian. Um, not the greatest personality in the world, but that wasn't what it was about. It was about winning games. So I've met some great managers in my time. And, and Wolves, my time at Wolves, um, when I look through it, it must be up there because we were, we were a top six side and we should have won really the UEFA Cup uh, over the two legs. Um, and sadly enough, Bill McGarry, our manager, actually wanted to play one game and one game only and play it at Wembley because in the UEFA Cup final, we played Tottenham Hotspur. And because it was two English clubs, he thought it made sense to play at Wembley and have a big day, one game, and, you know, that would be it. But FIFA, or UEFA back then, they, they wouldn't agree to that. So we played Spurs over the two legs. Um, we lost at Molyneux 2-1, which was really our downfall. And um, we drew one each at Tottenham. We put everything into Tottenham, but sadly we we, we didn't get, get through in the end. We lost 3-2 in aggregate because the second game was one each at Tottenham. You scored in, in, in that um, the first leg, which which must have been a good feeling, albeit a disappointing result. And the other thing I'm desperate to ask you is, what was it like playing against a fellow Scot and the great Alan Gozine? Marvellous. Gilly, Gilly uh, was a great guy. I played in the Scotland team and in the Scotland squads with Alan. And Alan was a, a great character. Um, did a lot of moaning. Um, but great character and uh, very skillful, very good in the air for a for a big guy. But back then, Dundee, who he who he played for in Scotland, they were a very good team. And um, you know, Spurs did well to get Gilly down. Uh, I think there was quite a lot of other English clubs interested, but uh, Alan must have fancied the bright lights of London, and and he went to London. But a marvellous player, a marvellous man, um, you know, and, and it goes through my career, um, all the guys that I've met and all the guys that I've played with. And people say to me, who's the best player you've played against? Who's the best, best player you've played with? So difficult, Callum. So, so very difficult. But there is always um, ones that really stick out from the rest of us. And, uh, you know, that's the way football is. 
it, it, it certainly is, and, and football is just such a an interesting game. You consider your time at Wolves, as you've talked about, a top six side getting to a European final, captain in the club at times was it makes it even more special. And then yeah, that was the biggest day, Callum. You know, because I, I captained them in the the final, and you know that for a Scotsman down in England and at a club like Wolves. You know, I, I was absolutely thrilled and honoured, and and I I can still picture myself walking out at Molyneux and walking out at White Hart Lane, and gold and black on my chest and sticking it out as far as I could. And 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 that's the thing as well. That pride and and wearing the shirt that's something that that football for me is all about. And again, it's amazing how football works. You talked earlier about the chance to move to Manchester United in 67. Your move to Manchester United does come around, although this time it happens in 74, and you join United at a time when it was arguably one of the most interesting times in the club's history because it was a real struggle when you initially go there. And obviously the second season, the club is, is trying to bounce back, which they eventually do. What was it like during that, the Manchester United of that, 74 75 season because it was a club that really fell from grace in, in in many ways but again when you look at the history of the club it's it's a part of the club that the fans still talk about to this day and people are fascinated by yes uh, um obviously we i went to united we we had i think it was either 10 or 11 games to play and we were in real relegation trouble. And, um, you, you know, the, the, the thing was that Tommy Docker designed me um, and, and I was looking forward to, to going to Old Trafford. But I did a few injuries at the Wolves and I was a wee bit out of condition. So it just took me a wee while to get settled in. But then, I, I, you know, I, I settled in rather quickly and I think I scored, I think it was four goals in five games. So I was on a high, the, the team was on a high because the, the, them goals had actually got us quite a few points. Um, I think it got us 10 points or something like that, or, or maybe less than that, maybe seven points. And, you know, there was a lot of optimism then at Old Trafford that, that we would possibly um, avoid going into relegation trouble but the one thing I didn't want to do was go in the second division I, I didn't want to play in second division I wanted to stay in first division as long as I possibly could there's nothing against second division and as it turned out it, it was a great thing for United in the end but um, it, it was a terrible dressing room Callum it was toxic the dressing room there was players in there from three maybe four different managers and it was it was not the place to be really and and I hadn't been in that kind of dressing room and you you had to be um you, you had to be blind not to to notice that the the spirit and the especially the confidence was so low and although they were we were going out and we had them wonderful fans at man united it, you know, the, the players weren't confident. They, they really weren't. And, and I, I think, fortunately, we, we, we got a few results and I, I think it lifted the confidence a little bit and we looked like we, we were going to get out of it. But 
there was one thing that happened which I, I thought was a little bit unfair. And that was we were playing at Everton away. We had played Everton on the Easter Monday at Old Trafford and we'd beaten Everton 3-0 and I'd got a couple of goals and I had one disallowed. Um, and we, you know, we had, it was a great result and we had Everton to play at, at Goodison and we felt really confident going to Goodison. And uh, just before half time, we were coming off the pitch at Goodison Park and it was nothing each. And all of a sudden, over the tannoy came a message. And what it was, was Birmingham was the other team that we were trying to, um, to eliminate, to try to put down and, and then we would stay up. And it came over the tannoy that Birmingham was winning 2-0. And I thought, that's not right. It, it was so, it was just such bad taste, really. And we got into the dressing room and the manager didn't know what had happened because he'd obviously jumped down the stairs and got in the dressing room before us and he didn't hear the announcement. And all the boys were saying, you know, listen to that. That's, that's terrible, them putting that over the tannoy. And that absolutely knocked a hole in us as well. Um, so it was one thing that's, there's not been a lot of mention of, but it actually did happen. It's an absolute truth. And, uh, it, you, you know, it was just so sad. And we, we were so hoping to beat Everton and we were so full of optimism. But sadly, we, we lost the game to Everton through that as well. So that put us on the back foot a little bit more. And in terms of that Manchester United team, I've got to ask you about um, some of the players in that team. I've got to ask you about a couple of fellow Scots, Lou McCarry and, of course, um, Willie Morgan as well. As you know, I, I do the show um, with Willie quite regularly. What, what was he like to play with and, and as a character? Willie was probably my best friend in, uh, in football. Um, Willie is, as Willie is, he, he, he tells you straight out but, but more importantly, I had a good laugh with Willie. We were on a good, uh, we seemed to be on the same wavelength. We, we met when we went, uh, both of us was picked for the Scotland Round the World Tour. Um, and, and we were away for six weeks and I got to know Willie um, on, on the tour. And Willie was a smashing lad. I'd always admired he, he, him as a footballer. He, he was a marvellous um, advert for the game he was dedicated to his to his trade and uh, there, there was nobody better on on the ball and taking people on Willie was up there with with Jimmy Johnson with Willie Henderson with, with George Best Willie was definitely up there and the one thing about Willie is if you were having a hard time all you had to do was hit the ball out to Willie and Willie would go on a run and he'd give everybody a rest because he, he could keep the ball. He didn't give the ball away. He, he was confident in his own ability. Um, and he, when I got to Man U, Willie was captain of the team. So, yeah, Willie was a, a fabulous player. George Graham was there. George, sadly, didn't work out for George at Man United. I, I, that was really be, a bit before my, uh, I started playing, although George was still there. Um, he, he, him and the dog had fallen out, it seemed like. And little Lou, Lou McCarry had come down from Scotland 
and you know he scored quite a lot of goals in in Scotland. And and I think it always takes some time for Scottish players coming down to settle in a little bit. But and sadly for excuse me for Man United and for Lou. Lou wasn't hitting the, the back of the net as regular as what he'd been doing in, in Scotland. It wasn't for the one to try in on Lou's part. It just wasn't happening. But the main thing that put us down, without a shadow of a doubt, was we couldn't score goals. I mean, before I went to Man United, which was in the March, Alex Stepney, the goalkeeper, was the joint top goal scorer with two goals. And that was near enough Christmas time, Callum. You know, that is an incredible... When you think of the players that were, were at the club, and, you know, there was there, there was Willie, there was Lou, there was Big George, there was um, Brian Kidd, there was Sammy McElroy. You know, there was a lot, and myself as well, I put myself in there. You know, that... In the end, that's what done Man United. We weren't scoring enough. And of course, when the dog went out and, and got Stuart Pearson, Pancho um, from Hull, once he started scoring goals, Pancho, you know, he, he was always going to become a hero because, you know, he knocked in such a lot of goals. But there was a lot of chances to be taken. And for whatever reason, when I first arrived at United, they weren't scoring goals. But I think it was a lack of confidence. And I think... Although Man United fans are absolutely wonderful, um, it, it's a big club, club. And when your confidence is low, you don't try things. And I think that's what was happening. I think a lot of the players were unintentionally probably hiding a bit and, and things wasn't going so well for us. But it was nice to go to Man U. And of course, there was Alex Forsyth there as well probably one of the best strikers of the ball that, that, that you'll see for a full-back. And, and there was Stuart Houston there as well, um, who, who was the left-back. And, of course, we can't forget uh, Big Jim Holton. So there was a lot of Scots there. Um, so it was, um, yeah, it was a difficult dressing room. I want to get your perspective on... Tommy Doherty because you'd played under him a few times now the club bounces back from the second division at the first attempt you're there for the most part of that before you move on to Southampton what was your opinion of Tommy because you'd worked with him a, a couple of times in my career me and Tommy Doherty have been you know we've been we've been up and down that that's just the way it's been um but I, I still respect the doc um, or the boss and, and and I'm sure he still respects me because a lot of times when I've actually left, like I left Chelsea and I went back with Sheffield Wednesday and I haunted them really and I did it again with Southampton at Man United. So, you know, he, he definitely had a lot of respect for me. But Tommy Doherty, I did a a little bit of an article before the cup final and it was a question and answer and the question to me was which person in the world um it was yeah which person in the world would you like to would you like to meet and i said tommy doherty and a lot of people had to go at me for doing that but 
what I meant was that you didn't know what Tommy was like. When you were a young player, Tommy Doherty was amazing. He'd give you all the encouragement. He would help you and all the rest of it. But when you were an experienced player, um, he was more wary of you. And he didn't trust older players like he trusted young players. And he had his ups and downs like all managers do, like all players do. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, Tommy Doherty should have won the First Division Championship twice. That was once for Chelsea and once for Manchester United. That's how good he was. Now, whether people agree with that or not, but I know for a fact, when I was at United, the, when we started the climb out of the second division, Manchester United and our supporters at Man U were absolutely buzzing. There is no two ways about it. We got out of um, the second division in a canter. We were, honestly, we were smoking. The, there was no doubt about it from the first game when we played Orient in, in, in London and the support that we had in, in, in Orient, you wouldn't believe it. It was quite amazing. There, there were thousands of, of Reds there. It was, it was fantastic. And we just sailed through the second division and it absolutely put a marker down. And of course, sadly for me, I, I moved on. Um, but Man United, in my opinion, should have won the First Division Championship. And uh, that's what Tommy Doherty is like. You, you, you never know with Tommy Doherty. One day, it's okay. The next day, you, you need to watch yourself. Because um, that's just the way he is. He's, he's the, the one thing that stood out enormously with Tommy Doherty is that he, he never let the players see that he was down. No matter how bad the results were, he kept his chin up. He was always joking. He was a great motivator. But, you know, it's not an easy job being a football manager. Not everybody wants to do it. At times, I think you have to tell a few porkies. Um, that's the way it is. You have to tell a few lies to maybe motivate certain players or, you know, whatever. And, and that's the way managers have to tread, I think, sometimes. But as regards Tommy Doherty, I still talk to him now. In fact, I phoned him three months ago to see if he was okay. And uh, he was fine. And uh, yeah, Tommy Doherty's um, played a big part in my career. And uh, I'll always be grateful for quite a lot of it. Um, but some of it... Uh, I'm not too happy about. And in terms of, again, the, the way football works, Tommy lets you leave Manchester United before the end of that second division winning campaign. You go to Southampton and then in typical McAllyog fashion, as you mentioned, you come back to haunt them in the FA Cup final. You've joined Southampton. Your manager, Laurie McMenemy, had, had the joy of, of having a 90 minutes with Laurie a few months ago um, over the phone talking about the cup final and what it was like being at Southampton. And he speaks so highly of that team. I mean, yourself, Mick Shannon, Bobby Stokes, Peter Osgood, Mel Blythe, the list goes on and on and on. What was it like playing under Laurie at Southampton during that time? Because let's be honest, 
the, the, the FA Cup win is the greatest day in the club's history. Yes, um, I mean, for Southampton, that was definitely the best best day ever at the, the, the club. Um, I mean, Southampton's not Manchester United. I mean, Manchester United, uh, I think they've got the record number of wins, either them or Arsenal. Um, I'd have to check that out. Um, but for Southampton, for that to, to happen to Southampton was quite amazing. And, and for Laurie, to be honest, Laurie was a very inexperienced manager when I came across him. Laurie didn't have the experience of Tommy Doherty, of, of his predecessor as well, Ted Bates. So Laurie was kind of winging it a little bit. But Laurie had some good lads there. There, there were some great players there as well and, and experienced players. Um, but we weren't, we weren't pulling up any trees, to be honest, in the second division like Man United. We, we just went through the, the, the second division in, in a canter. Southampton wasn't that good. It was obviously going to be um, the, the big occasion and it was going to be who's going to step forward and, and, and play on the, the, the big day and play on the, the, the big occasion. I've heard some people say, um, you, you've not to play the occasion, you've got to play the game. Well, it happens so many times at Wembley that players go to Wembley and they freeze. So I don't entirely agree with that assumption. I think you, the, the, the big occasion is, is there. And if you can grasp it and, and, and do your bit, um, I, I think it's there to to be won. I mean, when we played Man United, I think you could get six to one for us. Not that I'm, I'm a gambler, but I, I knew we, there were big odds that for us to win the, the, the what you call it, the, the FA Cup. But Mick Shannon, being a, um, a racing person, he knew all about the odds and that. And it was, it was him that was telling us, you know, six to one for us. We, and he was fancying himself because he's, he's thinking, well, I have a chance of, you know, deciding this game because I'm one of the strikers. So I think he was quite fancying a bet. But, yeah, you know, it's... Um, there's nothing better than, than playing against your, your, your old team and, and playing the game. Some players nowadays, they, they score against their old team and they won't celebrate. I, I, I don't see the point of that. I really don't. I, I think whoever's paying your wages, that's where your loyalty lies. You might love Man U, you might love Chelsea, you might love Wolves, uh, you might love Sheffield Wednesday. I'm talking about all my own clubs. But when I played against any of them, I wanted to win. That's the professional in you. you. You have to be up for it. You have to be ready for it. But, of course, when it came to the game, there's controversy over the goal. I mean, we could have settled it in the first half because I thought Mickey Shannon had, had, had latched onto a, a pass from myself uh, over the top of the defence and uh, Mickey had got on the end of it, but he'd hit the goalkeeper with it. And I would have fancied Mickey eight times out of 10 to put that ball in the back of the net. So, you know, if he'd have done that earlier on, it might have been a different final altogether because that was in the first half. But of course, when we when we get the winner, my first thing Tommy Doherty said was it, it was offside. 
The first thing I said back to Tommy Doherty, it doesn't say offside on my winner's medal. So that's football. That's part of the banter. Um, I think he just said that off the top of his his head, and that's the way it was. I think for Man United, the first 20 minutes, they were all over us. If we'd have lost a goal then, it would have been a completely different final. But the longer the game went on, the longer we got control of the game, um, the, the more it was definitely going to be that, that one goal was going to decide it. And if we got that goal, um, that was going to be it. And, and it would have been such a, a great thing. But for the Southampton fans to go to Wembley and to win the FA Cup, um, Callum, it, it was beyond their wildest dreams. And the, we, we still go down there. We still have reunions. It's, it's really amazing. Um, and uh, there's a guy down there called Mike Osman, who on the 40th year, so that would be 2016, we, we had a, a proper reunion for four days. And we actually got the bus um, that we paraded the cup on in Southampton. We found that bus, well, Mike Osman found it for us. And we actually got on the bus again at um, St Mary's and we went through Southampton on the bus 40 years later to the town hall in Southampton like we did in 1976 and there were crowds everywhere and you know Southampton were quite reserved people back in 1976 but that win certainly it shook them all up Callum and, and it, it just brightened everybody's day. And, and, and it was great for a small club uh, who nonetheless had been punching well above their weight, but had always been a, a first division side. There were, there were no mugs, but for them to win the cup, that, that was amazing. And for you, Jim, I mean, you, we talked about the cup final at Sheffield Wednesday and, and the upset of not winning that. So when you get your hands on the trophy, when you get your winner's medal, how much did it mean to you at that stage of your career, having played at United, Wolves, Wednesday, Chelsea, Leeds, how much did it mean to you at Southampton to get your hands on that major trophy that you'd craved? Oh, everything, because the scenario is now a lot a lot different. I'm now 29. Um, you know, possibly... I could have been thinking, well, I'm I'm not going to get a cup final again. Um, and to get to the cup final, the one thing that I was particularly wanting to get across to our young players, i.e. the goalkeeper, Ian Turner, um, Paul Gilchrist and, and Nicky Holmes and, and a little bit David Peach, was, you, you know, you, you might never get a chance of this again. So let's go out, first of all, enjoy the game. But at the same time, leave everything out there because you might never get another chance again. And as it so happened, it never happened uh, again, an FA Cup final, sadly, for, for any of them three boys. But this is the way you, you have to look at it. And it's, it's an absolute uh, amazing occasion. There is people that haven't played in cup finals I mean, the biggest one of them all, George Best has never played in a cup final. You, you know, it's it, it, an FA Cup final. 
it's an amazing experience and it's fantastic for the club, for the supporters, the town, everybody's is lifted by it. Sadly, with COVID now, um, you know, it's not got the same um, appeal, I think so. But I mean, obviously, if, if the players that are playing in the cup final while this is on, it, it still means everything to them to win the FA Cup. Um, so yeah, for Southampton, for myself to go back there, and uh, I remember on the Friday before the game, um, we went to um, to Wembley, and we were just having a look at the stadium. It's a wonderful feeling to go to Wembley, knowing you're going to be playing on a big occasion the following day. And while we were there, Man United came in, and I don't think that was supposed to happen. Anyway, United just come onto the pitch, and I was talking to most of them because it was only Gordon Hill and uh, Stevie Coppel that I, I, I didn't know because all the other players in the team I had played with at Man U. So I was talking to them all. And then Tommy Kavanagh, who I'd fallen out with at Man U, excuse me, had come over to talk to me, and I was actually talking to Stuart Pearson. And he said to me, he says, Jimmy Mackey says, you, you should be playing for us tomorrow. And I looked at him seriously, Callum, and I've never been so serious in all my life. And I says, Cav, I don't want to play for you tomorrow. We're going to beat you. And then he started on at me and then he says, you're a playboy. You're a playboy. And me and Pancho, we were just laughing. And, you know, he just got... So, you know, I think he really meant what he was saying. In a way, it was a, it was a compliment, but in a way, I had moved on. And, and like I said before, um, Man United was a wonderful part of my football life, but I was a Southampton player, and I was going to do everything the next day uh, to win the cup. And uh, as much as I love United and uh, I love my time at uh, Manchester United, I'm a Southampton footballer, and and we want to win the cup. And 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 win the cup, you certainly did. And when you, as I say, when you look at that achievement, um, with the power of hindsight, it's it's even more incredible when you consider that Southampton haven't won the cup since, and it's still to this day the greatest moment in in the club's history. For you though, you after Southampton, you had spells in America and Norway. What was it like playing in in different cultures when it comes to football? Well, to be honest, I, I went to I went to Chicago, uh, Chicago Sting. We were called then after the the, the film uh, with Robert Redford and Paul Newman back then. Um, but it was Billy Fuchs, Billy Fuchs, who was a a great player for Manchester United and spent all his career at Manchester United. But when I was at Man U, uh, Billy was the reserve team coach. And it was Billy who was the coach then at Chicago. So it was because of Billy that I, I went to Chicago, really. But I said I would only go for one season, and, and that was it. But to be really honest, um, Callum, the standard, I thought, was very poor. Um, because you had to have a squad of players, you had to name a squad of players, and you had to have in the squad five players from America. So it was, like I said, it wasn't great because you, you had to play the American boys, you know, 
and and obviously they they weren't great players they weren't you know even good players it, it was kind of difficult playing uh with them they were very keen and obviously america was was trying to get a ladder on on the, as they call it the the soccer um the, the soccer world but it wasn't you know it wasn't happening then although the greatest player ever i, I had the pleasure of playing against him uh pelly pelly was out there and me and willie was at chicago sting and we we beat um new york cosmos with uh, pelly and the team we beat them at soldier field in chicago 1-0 and we also beat um the cosmos in new york 2-1 so that was probably the greatest thrill of the, the my experience in america other than enjoying the country and the people the people are wonderful but the football was i i just didn't think it was very good but to play against pelly um was marvelous because obviously he was uh, uh, one of my football heroes and in terms of your your career um overall you finish obviously you've spell in norway you've a spell at lincoln uh, a bit of player managing as well with runcorn how do you reflect overall on on your football career because we've talked about the fact you've won an fa cup you've played for manchester united you played in european cup finals um, FA Cup finals. I mean, it, it's a career that most people would would absolutely be desperate to have, and and that's before we we talked about the the international where you beat England at Wembley as well. So overall, how do you reflect on the career that you had in football? I I, I look at it this way. I I moved to quite a few clubs for different reasons, but. The, the, the one thing in my life I always um, worried about was to go into a dressing room and prove to everybody in that dressing room that I could play. Because no matter um, what people might say about you, what, what happens anywhere, you have to prove that you can play in your own dressing room. You, you must show them guys that you can play. And I've gone to, to Leeds, I've gone to Chelsea, um, I've gone to Sheffield Wednesday, to Wolves, to Man U, to Southampton, and to play for Scotland and felt like I could play. And I think that is my satisfaction, uh, to know that I could go into dressing rooms with great players in there, and and not feel inferior to them. Um, they they might have achieved more in their career. Everybody's career goes different ways. Uh, like I said, if I would have gone to Man United when I was twenty, what would have happened to my career? Would I have got more caps? Um, the the other thing that I think about in my career is that when I got capped for for Scotland, I got capped when I was at a less fashionable club. If I was maybe at Celtic or at Rangers or Liverpool or Manchester United or bigger clubs, you know, five caps might have become fifty five, might have become eighty five. You don't know. But when I look back on my career, I really feel that. I gave it everything. I, I I I feel I had the talent, but 
if you don't dedicate yourself, if you don't practice your, your, your talents, you're no use to, to anybody. And I feel that, um, yes, I, I feel quite satisfied, Callum. You're still that little thing in the back of your head. You just think, well, if I could have got more caps, it would, it would have helped. But a lot of the times with the caps for me was, there was, there was niggly injuries, not a lot of injuries, um, touch wood. Um, I, I was a fortunate player. I, I didn't get injured a lot, whether that was um, because I was a wee bit quicker than a few others. I, I don't know. I was never the quickest footballer, but I was one of the quickest thinking players. So, yeah, enjoyed my career, met wonderful people. And the most fascinating thing to me is football enhanced my life so much. I met Willie Morgan, met George Best, I met Dennis Law. People like that, amazing people. Um, you know, still enhances my life. I'm talking to you now. Uh, I've just received a letter yesterday for somebody wanting an autograph. I'm 74. Can't be bad, Callum, can it? It certainly can't be. And, and it's, as I say, not only have you had an incredible career on the park, off the park as well, you, you own a bed and breakfast that's uh, TripAdvisor Excellence Award and you won a competition with that on Channel 4 as well. So it seems whatever you, you turn to, Jim, turns to gold. Well, I wish that was always, I wish that was the case. Life, life is never that way, Callum. It's up and down and that's why we have brains. We've got to sort it out. Things don't always run smooth. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful life. Enjoy it and and always be the best you can be. That's that's the advice to everybody. I think Callum, including myself. Brilliant, Jim. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Callum. Take care. So we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make her home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with